welcome to Mostly Rational, a podcast in which we answer your questions in a way that is rational, mostly. Welcome to our special Star Wars-themed episode for May the 4th. I'm Asia Sanchez. I'm Tawny Sanchez. And today we have two guests, Brandon Wong and Jordi LaFoon. So today is a special episode, as it is May the 4th. All of us are fans of Star Wars, but our two guests are some of the warsiest friends we have. Oh, man. <laughs> <coughs> so, I did not write that on oh, the record. So would you guys like to give us a little background on why you're such Star Wars fans? Sure. I'm Brandon Wong. I've been watching Star Wars for as long as I can remember. It has been an integral part of my family uh, and my childhood and into my adulthood. So, that's my background a little bit. Cool. My name is Jordy LaFoon, and I actually got into Star Wars because of Lego Star Wars. <laughs> so, I was about 10, and I had never seen any of the movies, and I got a GameCube, and then I played Lego Star Wars at a friend's house, and I was hooked, and then I played through all the movies in Lego form. So, basically, every major plot point was just revealed to me in a no-dialogue, short <laughs> little joke cutscene. So, like, Darth Vader being Luke's father was... Oh my. Basically <laughs> ruined for me by this little Lego Darth Vader holding up a picture of Padme pregnant and being like, uh, uh, like pointing the Luke back and forth oh, until no. Luke figures it out. So, That's anyway, and then after that, uh, I played Battlefront. Then I started reading the books. Then I watched the movies. So I basically did it all backwards. Well, it still worked, uh, apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, Star Wars, Lego Star Wars is one of the most fun games I ever played <laughs> as a teen. So I don't think I've ever played it. It's, wow. it's fun. So I can see it, it being, you know, a gateway drug into the Star Wars. <laughs> it definitely was for me. <laughs> Universe. <laughs> so why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves, not Star Wars related. Uh, I'm 20, 20, 23. <laughs> you just forgot. I'm almost, I, I, I'm almost 24. I'm 23. Also, this is Brandon. Yes, this, <laughs> this is Brandon. Uh, I work in pest control. Direct hit pest control. I'll kill your rats. So, five stars on Google. Not your pet rats. Make sure they're distinguished from yeah, the other rats. Yeah, you, Some you people enjoy them, and Brands they're salami tails. Happen, so. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, yeah, I just I just love Star Wars. That's about it. That's <laughs> all there is to know. That's my life. <laughs> How about you, Jordy? Um, I'm 21. I do floor maintenance, and you can't see my air quotes, but basically it's just a fancy <laughs> way of saying I do janitorial. Um, and yeah, outside of Star Wars, I mean... I don't know, I'm a pretty average guy. I play video games, I watch TV. Cool. We also probably should mention that Brandon is an INTJ and Jordy is an ENTP. So yep. we are, we have a, for all the MBTI fans of the pod, a lot of <laughs> rational brains in this room right now. A lot which of is pretty cool. Yes. Let's, all NTs. I just hope it comes across that way in the discussions it, upcoming. It won't. That's why we're mostly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so should we uh, get right into it? Yeah. All right. Okay. So the next three questions are going to be coming from our Uncle Paul in New York. <laughs> uh, first question. Would you like to ask it, Jordy? Sure. Okay. So first question from Paul. Why was Yoda able to live on Dagobah for so long undetected by the Empire? Mm. That's a good question. Uh, I don't really think that they thought about it too much when they were actually like writing the movie. I think it was kind of something that they did like a backfill on. Like afterwards, they were kind of like, "Why is Yoda still here?" And like nobody has found him. And uh, the basic explanation explanation for it is that uh, that dark side cave that like Luke visits and has that vision, and it has like a really strong like evil presence or whatever that you can feel. And the reason why Yoda is so close to it, which is kind of weird when you think about it, like why would a Jedi Master like 
out of all the places on Dagobah to live, why would he live right next door to, like, this evil <laughs> cave of darkness? Like, doesn't really seem like he would. Anyway, uh, the main reason is that it would basically mask his, like, force presence, I guess, if you could put it that way. Because we know that most of the characters in Star Wars can sort of sense people's, like, power, like, even across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. There's a couple instances of that, so, like, it would make sense for the Emperor or Darth Vader to still be able to kind of, like, feel that Yoda's out there somewhere, and um, him being on this planet that the Emperor and Vader might even actually know about, sort of, kind of, I don't know, that's how I view it, like, he's just hiding in the... Yeah, that was about it. I mean, <laughs> it's a totally desolate planet, no civilization, so mm-hmm. there's not much to track, especially with how he's hiding. Yeah. I think any time, like, you're a, a writer especially one who creates, like, a full universe, like the Star Wars universe. Uh, first of all, it's very hard to avoid the plot holes, but it must be a great feeling when you have an out <laughs> like that. Yeah, you can explain them away and they make, like, perfect sense. You're like, wow, it's so clever. But yeah. So they probably lucked out on that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Brandon, would you like to ask the next question? Sure. It is, what effect did living on Dagobah have on Yoda? And I don't, I don't really know a, s- a specific answer on that. I mean, he was a little old man that living on a planet alone as a hermit at this point. So I think he just kind of aged. Yeah, <laughs> just got a little kookier so as time went on. Pretty yeah. normal effect. Yes, I think. I, he, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, pretty much what you would expect from like not seeing or talking to anybody for like twenty years. He's pretty and quirky. He is weird. He's very weird. Although a lot of that's an act that he's putting on. That's true. To like mess with Luke and see how Luke treats him when Luke thinks he's not like the great Jedi Master. He just thinks he's some little weird Kermit. Yeah, and, that's uh, why I was kind of got out of that. Yeah. Some of it was an act. Some of mm. it is just the seventies, Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's pretty. He's kind of like a typical wizened hermit character you know they're all supposed to be kind of kooky yeah and if you look at you know uh obi-wan kenobi's the effects of him living on his own on tatooine you know he aged a lot (laughs) he did age a lot because you and mcgregor look pretty good in episode three and then turned into alicanus that is true so and he was mr so really the effect (laughs) the effect is aging yes that is the effect who to thunk the ravages of time yeah (laughs) all right tawny uh, our third question from Uncle Paul is, why didn't Count Dooku have Sith eyes? So by Sith eyes, he's meaning like the yellow, glowing yellow eyes that like Palpatine has and Anakin and, has after he turns to the dark side. And I think Maul actually had... Did Maul have... Did he have yellow yeah. or red eyes? His were more yellow. Okay. I couldn't remember if they were like yellow or like blood red or something. Anyway, I think the answer for this... He basically just looked at Palpatine to know why. Palpatine, the Emperor, Chancellor, whatever. Because... Chancellor Palpatine is Darth Sidious. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, and he never looks like a Sith at all for the entire first three episodes, of, or the prequel episodes. He has blue eyes. I think he has blue eyes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has blue eyes, he has normal colored skin, he doesn't have the crazy weird wrinkles or anything like that yet. Uh, but then once he's like revealed to be evil uh, in episode three, and after he has like this duel with Mace Windu and the other Jedi, he uh, starts having yellow eyes after that. So I'm kind of get the impression that like he was controlling it somehow and like hiding it because obviously it'd be a pretty big giveaway to the Jedi. He probably just ordered <laughs> some cosplay contacts online. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> and when he got like zapped by the lightning, it just like melted them away. Yeah, like wish.com <laughs> <laughs> <Or> blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 
that means for Count Dooku then is that he was probably doing the same thing, I guess, was hiding his yellow eyes, and it kind of makes sense why he would do that, because he wasn't really known as a Sith to anybody. He was just known as Count Dooku, which is not like a Sith title. Like, I think his Sith title was Darth Tyrannus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So he uh, was hiding his Sith presence or persona or whatever, and he had a lot of dealings with, like, the Separatist politicians and stuff, so I would assume that he wouldn't really... I think he'd probably put them off if he showed up with glowing yellow eyes and, like, pale gray skin. It was like, hey, guys. Hey, this is totally I'm totally normal. not evil. This is I, fine. I was all good. I was starting you. to make a really stupid joke about his name, but then I just decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you like count it up, so... <laughs> well, it's just gonna be something about Count Dooku being his good guy name, and then you would know that he was going to be a bad guy when it, it, it changed suddenly to Count Dooku. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. I, also, I knew it was I knew going to be delivered be, way didn't... better. And <laughs> just pretend. Not sure that was a good way to deliver that one. <laughs> Alright, Asia, would you like to read the next one since it's mostly addressed to you? <laughs> just because my name's mentioned and you guys are and Co. Dear Asia and Co. Like, there's only two people for the podcast. Tanya's Co. now. Dear Asia and Co. <laughs> what story would you most like to see Lucasfilm develop into a movie? And what are your predictions for the events of episode 9? These are very different questions, so let's address the first part first. Which story would you most like to see Lucasfilm develop into a movie? I kind of want to hear your guys' answers for this, actually. If you have yeah. I wish I had thought of one. I don't. <laughs> Anything interesting you can think of? I mean, like, okay, like, spin-off movies. Like, they're making a Han Solo movie, they made Rogue One, Pick and they're going to make more spin-off movies. Like, what character oh, like do you want... like a spin-off of Star Wars? Yeah, like, what character do you want to have, like, a film that focuses on them, and why? I would like to see it's a little good. bit of the in-between of Obi-Wan's life, like, from... Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. You know, chopping like Anakin in half to... Are we? Yeah. Oh, is that confirmed? It's a confirmed I know it's been Kenobi a rumor, rumor for a long movie. Time. Well, I'm original. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want what all of us want. Fine. R2-D2's adventures in the in-between. Please, no. <laughs> I was just saying. All the droids. With no yeah. subtitles. Oh, the droids cartoon. No so subtitles. Either so you have droids. to learn R2-D speak. R2-D speak. <laughs> they have a little dictionary the you can like, look time. it up in. It's like the an official dictionary. It's like Wally. Me? <laughs> it's not detail, super detailed, but... There's a little language, Star Wars language book that I have <laughs> in one of my boxes. It's amazing. That you have. It's in one of my boxes. I don't know where it is. Oh, Brandon, and you didn't Five think that, that would be vital Chewbacca for this podcast? I forgot. I didn't think I'd need to be speaking Wookiee, okay? <laughs> we could deliver the rest it's of the podcast in a language only true fans would understand. I don't think Star Wars is like as detailed as like Lord of the Rings to have its own languages. It's not. It's basically it's just like still. phrases. So, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi movie. For you, Asia, and you don't have anything for. I'm gonna try and think. Let me think. You guys okay, you think. And, uh, let's hear from. Let's hear Brandon's. All right, I would love for them to develop whether it be a high budget TV series or a trilogy. You know what? Whatever. I want it to focus on the Mandalorian culture, whether it be in the Old Republic, in between. Uh, just in to your... clarify, Mandalorians are they're two simple people. What Boba Fett is okay. basically. <laughs> so they have a rich, rich culture in the expanded universe, or as they call it, Legends now. And there's a lot of stuff that they could hit on. And they are so cool. Is just that to look non-canon at. non-canon now? It is <laughs> mostly non-canon at this point. Well, so, they still have a lot of... I think the Clone Wars kind of... The Clone Wars is still canon, right? Yeah. And they do a lot. They talk a lot about the Mandalorian history in that, so... Yeah, they do a little bit of it. 
by extension, you can kind of say that, like, the Mandalorian Wars are, like, canon, which is, like, when the Jedi and the Mandalorians fought, like, 5,000 years ago or something. Yeah, but not necessarily the specific stories. Right, no, yeah. Which I would love, for whatever they decide to do with that, I would love to see that touched on because there's a lot of material. Yeah, I think that'd be super cool. Do you think they should focus on, like, Fett? Or do you think they should just... They could. Because if it was Fett, it'd be like a bounty hunter movie more than like Mandalorian that, specifically. That would be kind of sweet, though. Yeah, I think a Boba Fett movie would be pretty good. That would be awesome. But they could either do it as the culture of the people on Mandalore, mm-hmm. the surrounding areas, or they could very well just do it as the Fets, Mandalorian yeah. bounty hunters, whatever. And they could... So if they did a movie on Fett, when would you want it to be set? Hmm. They very easily could do something after the Clone Wars... Up into the point of the original trilogy. Because he has a huge reputation by the time of, like, episode five. So, exactly. Like, he has a huge what? reputation there. Notice integration. Super deadly. He, yeah, exactly. I can have He's... a whole story for that. Like, the end of the movie could be, like, him disintegrating somebody he was supposed to capture for Vader. And, like, exactly. like in the movie. That'd be sick. That could work very well. Or they could uh, go to after he gets himself out of the Sarlacc pit. I would kind of want to see that, just to confirm that he's still alive. Well, it is confirmed, I believe, in one of the dictionary books. After they confirmed episode. it like outside of the EU, because I mean, in the EU, after... he's like fully alive and like is yes. has kids and like uh, restarts the Mandalorian clan and like does crazy. After stuff. the Force Awakens was released, they put out this visual dictionary, and there was a little snippet in there talking about how Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit, and it took him years to recover his reputation. Oh, okay. That's all we know, but cool. there is maybe potentially like, a huge maybe story. They put there. that in there. And they're like planning on making a movie of it. So, I hope so. Do you think Fett's going to be in Solo? He they probably be. will not do it. He better. But be. I really hope that they do. I think he's. I think worst case scenario, he's going to show up for like a really short cameo. I'd be fine with that. I think he's at least going to show up. I don't see how they can make a movie about Han Solo in his like younger days, and Jabba's going to be in it. Jabba's yeah. got to be in it at some point, and Fett will probably come along with that. I really hope so. I hope that Fett has a huge role in it, and they've just like been super quiet about it. <laughs> That would make Solo worth my time. Yeah, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of about Solo. Yeah, to be honest. Man, I kind of wish that we had all already seen the Solo movie right before doing this podcast. I so we're gonna have, we're to, have to do like a little addendum to this podcast, a little mini so to say how bad it was. Yeah. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I actually, I actually didn't watch any trailers for it at all. And then when I went to see Infinity War in theaters, there was a trailer for it, and I was like, oh boy. And I watched about the full trailer, and I'm like, okay, this is actually. Kind of excited now. Right. I'm surprised yeah. that it actually looks somewhat good to me. Yep. Yeah, uh, it doesn't agree. look. It doesn't look horrible. Yeah, for sure. There was this guy um, back when Vine existed who did a pretty good Han Solo impression. Oh, I, I know, know that, that guy. guy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And I think he ended up making like a little short film about Han Solo. Part of me was hoping he would get to play Han Solo, but I don't. I that think was what I was I'm hoping sh- to. Everyone that I'm knows sure the him guy they got is good. <laughs> but yeah, he even could have passed like a young Harrison Ford too. Okay. Yeah, he could have done a Indiana Jones. Maybe they'll get him for young Indiana Jones. Is that going to be a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. probably. <laughs> I'm they assuming. Make, if they can make money off of it, then yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be very surprised if there was never another Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, um, okay. I feel uh, like I also, to answer that question, would need to have watched Clone Wars at all, so I knew what already happened to a lot of those characters. <laughs> I have very little knowledge of what happened in between some of the movies. So. Oh, yeah. The Clone Wars expands a lot on some stuff. I've been meaning to watch it for, like, ten years. <laughs> there are some that really... That is the, the most insane procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> I procrastinated longer. <laughs> there are some really good things in the Clone Wars and some really lame things. So yeah. Well, it's, it's Clone worth. Wars is, like, 
so crazy because like they change directors for like episodes and like it's super obvious because especially if you're watching one after the other like you get a set of three episodes where like it's super action focused and the music is like weird weird techno (laughs) and like it's like a spy movie or something all of a sudden and then like the next three episodes after that are like philosophical and it's all about the Jedi it's it's very peaceful and meditative peace talks yeah and you're just like yeah and it's just like like, very obviously like different directors for different like story arcs in Clone Wars well when Clone Wars started when I was a teenager I was kind of turned off by the animation style and I didn't think I'd ever be able to watch it because I just assumed it was really stupid and made for little kids because... That was kind of what I thought when I first yeah. Yeah. heard of it. I mean, I'm, I get a little judgy about animation styles sometimes, but there are shows that once I gave them a chance, um, despite the animation style I really liked, like Phineas and Ferb, for instance. <laughs> but Clone Wars... So annoying. I only... Start, I will bring it up every podcast. <laughs> Clone Wars, I only started to have more interest in kind of recently because of doing little voice acting gigs on the side because a lot of them have to do with like wanting to make some fan video about Clone Wars or something. <laughs> so I'd have to go online and like look up the the original voice actors and try to do an impression of those voice actors. <laughs> and But in the meantime, I'm getting like little clips of some of the stories and like mm. seeing like, oh, this is kind of complex. And actually, this animation isn't Some as of it's bad. really dark it's and, like, weirdly violent for a kid's show. Like, there's an episode where, like, clones get murdered all the time. For oh, school. it's pretty Like, brutal. they get just destroyed. Like, there, there's, a point, there's an episode. Limbs. Dude, you remember the episode where Asajj Ventress, like, stabs a guy through the heart and then kisses him? And I then lets him die? Oh, it's yeah. It's so weird. I saw that and I was like, what am I watching right now? <laughs> it's a weird episode of Star Wars. I, like, I think that's one of the voices I was auditioning for. <laughs> Asajj? <laughs> If she's voiced by Gray Delisle, I think so. I think that's who voices it. It's kind of like a sort of like smooth and like menacing voice. Yeah, there was one where it was kind of like a a lower raspy voice, which is kind of harder for Uh, me. That's probably her, yeah. Uh, So we're still on this question, actually. We've only answered it from two people. Uh, Do you have an answer for this, Tony? Like what kind of spinoff movie maybe you'd be interested in? Have you thought of anything? Uh, I would want to see one that focuses just, I guess, generally more on the Sith. The Sith? Yeah. I think that'd be really interesting. That would be, yeah. The origins of the Sith, maybe, or something yes, like that? That'd incredible. be really cool. Because I think, like, the most Sith are of so what mysterious. I've learned about them is just by, like, Googling random stuff or, like, yeah. going on Wikipedia or Wikipedia. Yeah. And, like, like just, like, Sith. looking at all the different ones. Yeah. Just so you thought bad guys bored. within the Sith community and the good guys within the Sith yeah. community. Well, they really do, actually. Like, yeah. you know, I've read, actually, one of the amazing book that would be, like, perfect for adapting into a Sith movie would be, uh... The Bane books. Did you ever read those, Brandon? I did not read those ones. So Darth Bane is like this legendary Sith Lord. He like was the guy who. Sorry, I was just <laughs> coming up with a Batman Bane crossover. Oh, yeah. Line. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you snorted, I knew. <laughs> with the darkness and everything. Anyway, cool. <laughs> it could work. It could definitely yeah. work. Okay. Oh, so you know how there's only ever two Sith? And, like they like talk about. Oh, it's the rule of two. There's only supposed to be two Sith: the Master nope. and Apprentice. <laughs> They talk about it in episode one. Because, like, when they, when Maul dies, they're like, oh, there's another Sith out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, his master or his apprentice or whatever. Anyway, Bane's the guy who supposedly came up with that. And they, like, made some books and, like, filled that in. And they're actually really good. They're super interesting. Bane, Bane was born at a time where, like, the Sith, there were literally, like, a, a thousand Sith. There's, like, a brotherhood of Sith. And, like, the entire plot of the books is kind of him, like, joining them and, like, being trained by them and becoming, like, super, super powerful and, like, realizing that, like, there can only be a couple of Sith. And he, like, basically tricks them into killing all of them, like, killing each other and, like, murdering themselves through, like, this crazy Sith ritual or something like that. Anyway, it's really weird and 
pretty awesome. And sounds interesting. Ends up just him being the only Sith left after so that, and then he finds a, an apprentice after that. They need to make that him. movie so that I will know things like it would be insane. It would be like a crazy, like massive war between Jedi and Sith. It would be pretty awesome. I'm like, willing to bet somebody like a, has written a script and is trying to get it. Probably, <laughs> I would not be surprised. <laughs> what books? Oh, uh, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called Bane, like Path of Darkness or Path of something. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. Just Google Bane Dark yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some crossover is already happening. So that was from Salacious B. Crumb. I forgot to mention yeah. who Oh, um, I actually from. wanted to uh, answer this for myself. Kind of, that kind of became my answer, Tawny's answer. I sort of like expanded on it. But oh. I did have my own answer for this question that I did want to Well, too bad. We're moving on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, the Bane books. The first one is called Star Wars Darth Bane Path of Destruction. Okay, cool. Anyway. Uh, my personal answer for this question would be uh, I really want a Thrawn movie. Um, yes. Yeah. A Thrawn movie or a Thrawn trilogy or a Thrawn TV show or a Thrawn anything, basically. I would think it would need to be a trilogy, right? I think if, if they really wanted to fully do it, yeah, maybe a trilogy. So would it be after the books, basically? Because I know in Star Wars Rebels, Thrawn is in that. They brought Thrawn back into Rebels, which kind of like... So Thrawn is like in a weird state because like... One of the first book series of Star Wars ever written was Thrawn Trilogy. I think, like, the very first book. I think it was book, the first. I think, I think there was one book before it called, like, I, Jedi or something like that. Hmm. And then maybe, like, a little bit of stuff. But, like, Thrawn was the first big one. Thrawn was, like, the first, like, major thing where people were like, okay, Star Wars books are, like, better than the movies. So sometimes. I obviously know who you guys are talking about. Yes. <laughs> but, but for, for the, the sake si- of our audience, yeah. okay. <laughs> maybe. Did we go to a panel where the guy who wrote the Thrawn series... It's Timothy Zahn. So yeah. yeah, he was there. Um, it was like a panel of like Star Wars writers, but it was cool. It was a dream. No, it was a <laughs> really boring dream. <laughs> Great dream. Anyway, uh, Thrawn <laughs> is from the books. I'm going to talk about the book version of Thrawn because it's the more interesting one that I want to see. Mm-hmm. You read the Thrawn books, right, Brandon? Not all of them. I read you, the first you one though. You only read the I first know, one. I know. I know what happens in all. Okay. Well, you need to read the, the second two. They're really, really good. Or listen to the audiobooks. The audiobooks for that are actually amazing. Good idea. The the reader for them is like just so amazing. It's like an amazing Luke impression, Han impression. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect voice for uh, Thrawn. It's like this like really like deep, calculating, like cold voice. It's like perfect for his character. Anyway, Thrawn is um, a Grand Admiral in the Empire, which I think. There's only supposed to be, like, a couple of, like, only a couple of guys that ever reached that rank. And, um, he was, during the movies, supposedly, he was, like, out on the edges of the galaxy, like, dealing with, like, a threat that was, like, trying to, like, break into the galaxy, which you find out about a little later. It's not super important now. But in the book, the Thrawn Trilogy, um, it's called, like, Heir to the Empire, he comes back from the unknown regions of space with, like, three Star Destroyers and basically starts rebuilding the Empire. And the reason he's so successful... And he almost destroys the New Republic, which is, like, what the Rebellion becomes, is he's just, like, a tactical genius. Like, ridiculous. Like, he thinks everybody's moves, like, ten steps ahead. He's constantly just always knowing what you're going to do, what you want to do, what you're planning. Um, and he's got some crazy... Uh, he just has so many moments in the books where he just, like, outsmarts people, and you're just, like... And, like, they make, he, the writer is amazing, and he makes it, like, very believable that people are falling for his tricks. And I think by the end of the Thrawn trilogy, he's, like, on the brink of, like, overthrowing the complete New Republic, and, like, he just barely loses and, like, gets betrayed by somebody. So I think a Thrawn movie would be amazing because... Uh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, he, I just think he's just such an interesting character because he's, like... He's actually very sympathetic... Um, you never see things in the books through his point of view. You see things through his first mate's point of view, who's like the captain of like the Star Destroyer that they're on. And everything 
that relates to Thrawn is through his perspective. And you kind of start out thinking like, oh, he's just some, you know, imperial jerk, you know, like hates people and he's like, you know, just like arrogant and whatever. But like he's actually like really smart, like super reasoning and like understanding. Like at one point, like somebody screws up and like lets someone get away. Like they're trying to capture Luke or something like that. And they get away and you're kind of expecting Thrawn to like execute the guy, like like Darth Vader or something like that. But he actually ends up commending the guy and promoting him for um, like the different technique he did try that didn't work. And like he's like basically forgives him and like everyone kind of is like awed by it because they're all used to Darth Vader just like choking people out <laughs> whenever they would make any mistake. Um, and like after that, you kind of just like are on Thrawn's side. And like by the end of the books, at least for me personally, I was almost rooting for Thrawn to like actually win. <laughs> It's kind of a weird thing, but I think that the movies, I think, um, I think a movie about him would be great. Uh, it'd be a lot to expand on it. Although it'd be kind of weird if they did it, if they did, if they made a movie on it and it was set right after episode six, it'd be kind of weird because they'd have to find actors for Luke, Han, and Leia. It'd it's have to be doable. set. It'd have to be set before episode four or something like that, maybe. Or maybe CG will just be <laughs> so good advanced. that we don't even need real actors anymore. <laughs> that Leia <Yes>. was okay. <laughs> yeah, although she was only on screen for like five seconds. I know. If she'd been on screen for like the whole movie, it might have. I can't imagine the rendering time that went into <laughs> just that five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like that was all I was thinking about at the end of the movie. I liked the idea of catching up on the Star Wars books in Audible form, though. I highly recommend it. And I will recommend it a lot harder if and when Audible becomes a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say earlier, we should have a Wish now as a sponsor, since Wish? you mentioned them earlier. I, I take that back. I'm editing it out. <laughs> Blank.com. That's what it'll Blank. sound like. <laughs> Beep. I, I got to stop giving out all these free sponsors. Yeah. Stupid. Okay, so there's the second part of this question, and it was, what are your predictions for the events of Episode Nine, Guys. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. That's, uh, <laughs> well, that's a things, really tough one. I just don't, well, I don't like saying my predictions out loud. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. After Episode Eight, all of everyone's predictions went out the door. Uh, yeah. Ryan Johnson and was like, nope. All of mine were gone. <laughs> all of the, I, from what most of us believe... Uh, all of J.J. Abrams' thing, little things that he set up went out the door as well. So me personally, I'm like, I, I don't know where it's going exactly. It very well could have some weird time jump and it's going to be the new rebellion is going to be the rebuilt. New, the new new rebellion because of the third time that they the reformed. Exactly. The resistance is down to like 10 people at the end of episode 8. <laughs> Exactly. It could it could either do a time jump where it's rebuilt, or it could just be immediately after episode eight, which is basically what happened, with, which was what episode eight was to episode seven, mm -hmm. um, and they'll just get some kind of miracle to fight off Kylo Ren and the First Order. It's it would have to be a miracle. There's literally twenty people left. <laughs> exactly. They all fit on the Millennium Falcon. So I want to talk about that more later, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Very loss-heavy movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, my prediction for episode nine is we know J.J. Abrams is directing it, um, and they're probably going to be done filming it soon, really. Realistically, right? Because it's coming out next year, so I like that. Oh, yeah. They'll have to be done filming it soon, because that amount of CGI must take a long time. Anyway, um, I think that I think it's going to be J.J. Abrams kind of just trying to pick up the pieces of, <laughs> of his know. plot points that he had set up, because... Episode 7 clearly sets up, like, a lot of specific things that are, like, going to be expanded on. Like, the Knights of Ren are mentioned several times, and they're even shown in a flashback, like, several Knights of Ren. And, like, Kylo Ren's name is, like, that's his name. Like, he's Kylo Ren, and that Ren part is, like, he's a Knight of this Order of Ren or something. 
and they are completely absent in episode eight. They don't show up at all. They're never mentioned, not once. I they forgot just about that. Don't eat, yeah, most people did, I think. <laughs> that was what Ryan Johnson wanted, was for you to forget about them. I'm just one of the lemmings who... <laughs> <laughs> Led by the nose by Ryan yeah. Johnson. <laughs> anyway, um, I think episode nine, as far as what's actually going to happen in it, Leia's going to be off screen ninety eight percent of the time. <laughs> um, um, I think, yeah. I'm so, so surprised that they didn't kill her off in episode eight. I so oh weird. I know. Yeah, I was kind of actually mad that they didn't. Yeah, so was I. Because I was they like, had a perfect opportunity. I know. They literally, we literally all thought she was dead. I want to talk about that more later. Because I didn't think she was so going to be in the movie as much as she was. <laughs> but then she just flies through space. Yeah, I was like not expecting Saves her well. to be the last one of the three. To no, I was not either. I thought it was going to be Luke. Yeah. Which I would have been fine with. Me too. Anyway, episode eight. I feel like episode eight is going to take up the entire rest of the podcast once we actually start talking about it. Yeah. So let's <laughs> put it off for a little bit. Um, My predictions for episode nine are that it's going to basically be the same as three and six. Because they're all <laughs> that has the been, same. That has <laughs> been the true. pattern. Just, Ring theory. <laughs> just the same things over and over. <laughs> I don't know, Last Jedi, like, seems different until you, like, think about it more, and then you're no, like, actually, same, it's basically Empire Strikes Back in reverse order. Mm-hmm. Like, with the Siege of Hoth just being at the end of the movie instead of the beginning. True. <laughs> and they even make it, like, a snow planet, and you're like, oh, great, it's another snow planet. And then they have that one scene of some dude tasting the snow for some weird reason and be like, oh, it's salt. It's not snow. <laughs> don't worry, guys, we're not completely copying Hoth. <laughs> it's a salt planet. Visually stunning. Visually, it was incredible. I'm not going to even argue that. Oh, it was I really want to visit that place where it was filmed because I didn't even... It's a real place. Really? Yeah. So I was... Somebody asked me what my favorite body of water was. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to do some research before I come up with conclusive answers. So I, like, looked at all these extremely, like, remote bodies of water. And it was tough choosing. But then I came across those salt flats. Salt flats. And I didn't... I was like, this is my choice. Before I even realized that's where they filmed that scene on Star Wars. That's really cool. It's Does it actually have, like, this bright red dust underneath all the salt? I don't think so. Probably not. <laughs> but I'm not sure. Maybe a little it's, too perfect. The reason I chose it, though, like, I had to choose it, and then I had to give my reasons, like, in adjectives. Mm. And I was like, because it, like, is otherworldly, it's, yeah. like, kind of iridescent, it's just, is it looks it like the, it's on a different planet. Is it the Bonneville Salt Flats in, or Bonneville in Utah? I think so. I can't remember the name. I know people that have taken, like, portraits there, and it always looked really cool. <laughs> anyway, I think episode nine, I think Kylo Ren's going to be the main villain. He's going to bring in the Knights of Ren. They're going to be semi-major characters. I think Rey is going to spend some time trying to rebuild the Rebellion. Uh, Leia's going to be off-screen recruiting people or something like that for the like new resistance. The new new resistance. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's going to end in some big showdown between Kylo and Rey and, like... Yeah, but what if Ray changes to the dark side? And I don't I think she's going to. If, 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 she was going, if she was going to, really I think hoping. it was going to happen in 8. Yeah, I'm I know. Very, they were trying to they, like, brought it so direction. close to her almost doing it in episode 8 that it was sort of like, maybe she is. And, like, I feel like they that used really that, that point already, that plot point of her almost turning evil. Maybe. They used it. I kind of wanted to go a little further. <laughs> Are you a Raylo supporter, Asia? Is that what you're saying? Uh, that is Ky- not what I am Kylo saying. And kiss each other? Is that what but you maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there, there was definitely some, some <laughs> more, more so than that, like shirtless Finn. scene with Kylo. <laughs> yeah, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I had no idea what's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> my, my I mean, my predictions all went out the window like from the first second of the of eight. Yeah, yeah. when Luke drank that. Blue milk. 
gosh. <laughs> That's not what it's meant. <laughs> I think we all were like, okay, we no no one knows what's happening anymore. This is is off the rails. <laughs> I think the biggest shock to me was that Ray's like genealogy didn't matter at all. Yeah, I, I was very convinced she was related was, to Palpatine. <laughs> really? I thought she was a Kenobi. I wanted her to be a Kenobi. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. I, I kind of like that they didn't do that because it sort of brings it back to like the original thing of Star Wars, which was like, yeah. like we'll know that like a nobody can become a somebody. Because oh, like Luke was right. like nobody important. He was just That's some farm kid so and he becomes a hero. It. Yeah, And then he's like, oh no, he's actually the son of the most powerful guy ever. Okay. But the most powerful guy ever was a nobody who was born, you know, randomly on the same planet that Luke was, which is a weird coincidence. But anyway. See, no, yeah. not a weird coincidence. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. It's always repeating itself, the yeah, story. It so should we move on to our next uh, Yeah, this is from Aston. Why are the prequels disliked so much? And what could they have done better? Why do you hate the prequels, Brandon? <laughs> That's a joke. I love the prequels. You really do? I love them. Okay, you love Phantom Menace. Wow. And you love okay. Attack of the Clones. They are my lower liked ones. Okay. You know what? I love them all. I don't care. Okay. Now, when you say you love them, episode three, do you, do you love them as movies or do you love them as world building for the Clone Wars? I I just love them. Okay. <laughs> so I when can't... so when Anakin is like, I killed them all. The men, not just the men, but the women and children too. Well, it that created, was like you really like that scene. It created some great. <laughs> it created some great memes at least. That's true. There's a lot of great memes about that. That's a great silver lining to have People, for a movie. Memes. Not just for men, but for women and children, I think too. this is important. How old were you when you first saw it? Because you were pretty old, I think. I'm younger than this dude. I'm yeah, 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 I'm here. Oh, I did see the movies later. Yeah, then. you saw the movies later. I, I was, like let's see, episode one came out in 99, so... So I, I was. Sand. It gets in everything. It ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was ten, so I was like it was kind of cool to me. Or something. No, <laughs> five. That was, that, was who it was was, that was ten year olds. It wasn't until I was older that I realized, wow, what is this? That was how I was too. I thought Revenge of the Sith was awesome because the fight scenes are cool. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and rewatched it when I was like sixteen or seventeen, and I was like, oh my god. I don't want Sixty percent of this movie is horrible, cringy, romantic stuff. Twenty percent of it is boring beyond belief. And then, like, the rest of it's just, like, cool fight scenes. I was like, I the pod racing. Pod racing. People... No, that's pod racing. Okay. So, <laughs> people, people don't like the prequels because, yes, there was terrible writing in it. Terrible acting. Super corny. Yes, it was super terrible corny and all that. Uh, it was also vastly different from what people that liked Star Wars were used to. That is very good. Uh, but it was... Well, the world itself was just different. The Empire just made it life terrible for a lot of people. I think the best thing that came out of the prequels is the world building. Exactly. I think the world is very interesting, of, like, a Jedi Order being involved with the galaxy and, like, sending people out, like, to, you know, broker peace and stuff like that. I think that's really interesting. Um, I just think they executed it bad. Exactly. It just wasn't quite executed perfectly. Uh, It created some very... It created a ton of really good stories, though, whether it be through the books or whatever, the comics... Um, I mean, me, you know, I was young when they all, when it came out and I watched all of them as they came out. So I loved right. it regardless of how terrible they I were. I think that's a little different between you and me because I already liked Star Wars and like <laughs> the overall story before I watched them. So I feel like that kind of tainted my view of them a little bit. And I, I was think a little older too. that was they like were, I mean, they were supposed to be made to draw in a younger audience. Like that was the whole point. <sighs> that's also true. Well, so, Mm, I, that's kind of I mean, like yeah, no, it is true. No, I mean, it's true that that's what they were doing. I just, 
that, that doesn't make it better, but I'm just saying that's probably why Ooh. they were pretty oh, cheesy. I, there actually is a good question I forgot to write down. I'm only two degrees away from Jar Jar Binks. About, Dar- <laughs> about Darth Jar Jar, though. We should oh, answer at some point. Oh, man. The Darth Jar Jar theory. I love that That theory. was a amazing. good read. <laughs> I, when I heard about it, when I heard about Darth Jar Jar, I might as well talk it. about it now while we're talking about the prequels. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. I was like, okay, it's just some funny thing on the internet. Some guy rationalized a couple things and made no. it like a joke. I read it. And I swear by the end of it, I was like, this is legitimately what they originally intended. This was in the script. This is what they hired that guy on for. This was the entire point of Jar Jar. And then they threw it all out the window and people were like... Didn't it make the movies better to believe that that was the case? Yes, it does actually make it a lot better. So I chose to believe it. I was like, I don't care if it's true. (laughs) Now the movies are better in my head. They are better. Jar Jar has a purpose now. The scenes he's in have a purpose. So The Darth Jar Jar theory... There are literal scenes. There are scenes in episode. There are actual scenes in episode one where Jar Jar literally uses force abilities. Sorry, I just hit the table. I'm getting emphatic about that. There are there are scenes where Jar Jar. Okay, there are scenes where like Qui Gon Jinn is like talking about like these really these really important um, like plot moving conversations where he's mm-hmm. saying stuff like we need to take Anakin in and train him to be a Jedi and blah 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 and Jar Jar is like in the background of the conversation and his lips are moving and he's like moving his hands yeah like I he's know. moving the conversation forward I and, like, know mind tricking people <laughs> like influencing it's really weird it really explains why he's so good at like fighting and then just yes oh, that's a whole that's a great point okay he destroys like 40 battle droids like on three tanks yeah, on accident and three tanks drunken master style yeah, the, yeah exactly the drunken drunken master style <laughs> There was no that was intentional. And actually, beyond all the theories, as far as like hard proof goes, the guy who voiced him He's friends, the actor is friends with the parents of a kid in my class. Really? So that's why I'm like, I'm only two degrees away from Charger. Hey. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So Ahmed Best, they tweeted the theory at him, like, what do you think of this? Like you would know, right? And he was like, A lot of that is actually somewhat true. And he, no, he said, he said that. No. He said that. No. He said something like that. And then he even said that, like, he said, like, all I'll say on that is that there were a lot more plans for Jar Jar as a character, but then the fan reception to episode one scared George Lucas, and he rewrote Jar Jar's character. To make him that. worse? I don't well, understand. Well, they didn't know, just write him out of the movies. Like, he was a oh, huge very, character. Very in episode very one, very he was a huge character. He filled up so much screen time yeah, in episode one. Mm-hmm. And then episode two, he was hardly in it. And in episode three, he literally had like one scene. See, one scene I remember episode, episode one best of all, the prequels, because mm-hmm. it's the only one we owned. Oh. So we watched it a lot. So I saw the original trilogy when I was really little, like in five or six. But, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't understand too much of what was going on. I yeah. liked R2-D2 and, and C-3PO. And I liked Luke Skywalker a lot, actually. And I liked the Ewoks. And yes. oh, man. I remember my dad renting the great Ewok adventure for me <laughs> from oh, the library. Yeah. Um, I liked Star Wars, though. It was my first sci-fi anything that I liked. Like, I didn't like Star Trek or anything, but Star Wars is definitely more appealing to younger kids. And then the prequels came out... Gosh, how old was I? I was still, like, a kid kid. I was definitely not a teenager or even a preteen. It came out in 2001. Okay, so I was... It came out in 99. Oh, it did. You're right. So I was 10. I was very angry, I remember, because oh. my dad would go see he went to see the midnight oh. <laughs> screening and he wouldn't take me as serious <laughs> and then the second prequel came out and the same thing happened and then but I do remember when we all went to see it for his second time and my first time when Jar Jar Binks appeared 
and they said his name for the first time, my eyes got... Is it Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. My <laughs> eyes got wide, and I was like, oh, no. And I looked, and everyone in my family was looking at me, <laughs> like, ah, uh, because my whole life, my name, my nickname has been Jar Jar. Oh. Yeah. And, and so, he's like the clumsy, uh, like, and I was the clumsy one. Dude, imagine how, imagine how great that would have been if Darth Jar Jar was in the movies and true. Yeah. Because everyone's making fun of you, like, ha ha, Jar Jar, and, and he ends up being an evil mastermind. <laughs> I know. And that would make more sense with my character, to be honest. No, <laughs> no but. Okay. <laughs> no, but, yeah, of course, ever since then, it's never been Jar Jar anymore. It's Jar Jar Binks that my family would call me, and I knew that was going to happen. Carrie just calls me Jar now. But Kiri's got like 20 nicknames for me. Let's not get into it. Yeah, and everyone. <laughs> she also calls me Aesop for who knows why. <laughs> but then yeah, episode that came t- from Aesop. I know. But sh- episode two well, came out. Who knows why, but I know why. <laughs> <laughs> Stop taking me literally. <laughs> episode two came out. He did the same thing, midnight thing. And then I, I barely remember anything from episode two except that. There's not much to remember. I remember the romance thing Very being like, Ugh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. and then the third one came out my sophomore year of high school, and it was perfect timing for me to like it because I was um, angsty teen wearing all black <laughs> in my sophomore. Yeah, I and definitely I was, feel like Star Wars hit puberty right before episode three. Was I don't think you've changed. I was, all black right that's now. a coincidence. These were my pajamas and I didn't have anything to change it to. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was all beatnik pajamas. Like, it hit me so hard, like the whole emotional thing, like the tragedy, because I felt everything like that more, such so much more strongly when I was that age. Like, I'm just like Anakin. So it was perfect, which is why I don't want to rewatch it Sweet because forward. I will not. It will not have the emotional resonance it had. There's for me still back some good then. stuff in that movie. So honestly. I remember it fondly. I love episode. Three. I think Hayden Christensen do not care. I think is actually a decent actor. I just think that the directing from Lucas was so terrible. I don't know. I saw him in Jumper. Him Oh, I didn't watch Jumper. Oh so God, I don't. Know. Was he terrible in that? Movie? <laughs> it wasn't that good. Uh, when he okay, when he was Anakin after he turned to the dark side and was like evil and freaking out and like, I think he was pretty good actually. I thought he was decent. I liked like, when he, like when he like, when he yells like I hate you at Obi Wan, I thought like that was a, I thought I don't know. It hit me when I first that last it. scene I was, was like, my it hurt that my last heart. scene was my favorite scene to reenact with my friends when we had lightsabers. It's an intense scene, and that's the part we I played on Lego. Do it sometimes <laughs> we're all adults. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why we discussed this because <laughs> we remember. Uh, so anyway, anyway, basically to answer your question, why are the prequels dislike so much? Because Jar Jar Binks was not the ultimate Lord of the Sith, and what could they have done better? Made Jar Jar the ultimate Lord of the Sith. <laughs> Next question. Wait, 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 hold on. I just want to, like, advocate for Brandon's position on this real quick. Oh, do you hate Darth Jar Jar? (laughs) I, it's like, as Asia brought out in her last podcast, it's like, I watch it, and it's like, I start to believe it, but then I'm like... (laughs) What? No, what? I can't believe this. It's like no. believing in flat Earth or no. something. <laughs> exactly. You're like, this actually kind of makes this sense. This is a very convincing argument. I saw arguments against it, and I chose to ignore them, like many flat Earthers. Um, but I meant more your position on loving the prequels because I don't think that's something you should be as ju- judged as harshly as some people might judge you for. Because it's like saying she's not saying she's judging you for it. Okay, so for me, I'm a big star- uh, Doctor Who fan. <laughs> I love as a whole 
Doctor Who. Are there some episodes or entire seasons that are not my favorite? <laughs> yes. But I would still say that I love them, and I'm still going to watch them, and they're always going to be part of my collection, because I don't hate them. It's just, like, they're not necessarily as good as my favorites. Mm. So, like, the love and hate thing, it's different. In the end, the prequels are still Star Wars, and they tell some decent Star Wars stories, yep. and they're an important part of the canon. So, I yes. think... It's like, that's huge, how I feel about them. Partly, it's just the nostalgia of growing up with it, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it's a big part of it. So. Yeah. The stuff I do like from the prequels... I still will watch the Ewok stuff. Adventure. Although, <laughs> so, it's so bad! It's horrible, but I love yeah. it! <laughs> I think Duel of the Fates was probably the best thing to come out of any Star Wars movie. Well, no, maybe not any Star Wars movie, but the prequels. Duel of the Fates was. It is just such it's a amazing. good fight. It's such a good fight. Did you bring up the Ewok Adventure the in the last episode? Yes, I did. <laughs> Because in the last podcast, we had a question of, like, favorite worst movie, and I said yep. the Ewok Adventure. <laughs> All right, mine was Drop Dead Press. Also really good. So good. Okay. Uh, should we move on to the next question? Um, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any non-canon Legends character you wish they could add to the movies? I feel like we kind of covered that already. Yeah, we kind of did a little bit, but, like, once again, my answer would be Thrawn. So. Well, he's already canon, technically. I know, but I want the full Thrawn to be canon. Everything yeah. he did. What about you? What character do you want to be canon? Huh. You didn't answer this question. That's a tough one. I go between the 2003 Arc Trooper Fordo, <laughs> oh Arc 77. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that 2003 Clone Wars cartoon was amazing. It was. It's the best Star Wars action of the anything ever. Who, the people who made Samurai Jack made it. I know, yeah. That's why it's, it's amazing. so good. Oh, well. So, that, that Mace Windu scene where promising. he's like tearing them apart with his bare hands. It's amazing. Literally punching like super battle droids into like mush uh, yeah oh, that, that show was amazing so it would be between him or there's this uh, expanded universe character who is actually the son of a clone trooper named Connor oh I actually don't know about and this guy Connor what a weird Star Wars it's, name <laughs> <laughs> it's a big long story but basically Jango Fett assassinates one of his own clones that escaped had a kid uh, and huh. basically su- supports him financially when he was like oh I basically have a son. Well, he's kind of like it's kind of like Django's grandson, almost in like a weird way. Kinda, yeah. That's really weird. So it's a story of him what book and is that how from? it's a it's a comic. Oh, okay. I forget the exact. It's called Blood Ties, I think. Hmm. But it's basically this his story and how Boba Fett one day finds him. Basically, uh, how they end up teaming up together. It's it's uh, pretty that's cool. Really cool. It is cool. Oh, since he's the son of a clone, does he still have the advanced aging thing, or does he age normally? It was this clone escaped early in the development, I guess. And then like, had so his he kid. just had a normal kid. That's cool. Yes. If you like so, I would like to see uh, I feel like a Boba Fett movie incorporate him. That would be cool. Connor, I'd be down. And yeah, my answer is still Thrawn. Although my second answer would be Revan. I'm very, I'm very pleased that you guys have so many thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) Because I would not know how to answer this question. (laughs) Neither would I, honestly. And I don't think I have an answer for this question. Yeah. Neither. At least. Because I don't know who any of them are. (laughs) (laughs) All the characters you know are already in the movies. They are canon, so. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Maybe so... Maybe some of the, like, Ewoks that, like, got, you know, their own little stuff. Maybe that's who you Yeah, want. that one Ewok. <laughs> that one. Wicked? <laughs> yes, Wicked. That's the only <laughs> one whose name I know. <laughs> and uh, I didn't really remember until he said that. All right. So, next question from Aston is, favorite droid? Parentheses. There is a right answer. I disagree with that. There is a right answer? Because I can guarantee you the answer I'm going to give isn't his right answer. 
<laughs> what is your answer? Mine's that one that goes uh, Roger, Roger. Uh, just kidding. I want to be my answer. Be <laughs> That's a valid answer. <laughs> Who's your favorite droid, Brandon? I don't. I I really don't know. Pick one. If you, I like... if you had to marry a droid. Oh, which droid? It would well, be I'm that medical sense. droid at the end of episode three <laughs> delivering Luke and Leia. Ooh-bah. Ooh-bah. Yeah, she does seem very maternal and caring. Yeah. <laughs> she can support me with her job as a medical droid. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Brian's favorite droid is very practical of you. I'm a f- I was going to say, Tony, you're bumping the table so much. Your mom's bumping the table. <laughs> <sighs> Well, you guys are both 50% your mom, so that's technically true. Yeah. Well, I was going to go with C-3PO because I always identified with him a lot when I was growing up because I was like a really, I was a big scaredy cat growing up and a know-it-all. So I really understood him. (laughs) I really teach C-3PO. But if we're choosing, like, if we had to marry a droid, then it would be that. (laughs) Like how we just take an essence question and just completely change it. (laughs) So by favorite, you mean the one you would want to marry. (laughs) Then it would be that one in Rogue One because I loved him. Oh, yeah. K-2-so. He's very, yeah. sassy. He's very no, sassy. Yeah, yeah. I like sassy. So yeah. it's like right important yeah. trait for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was gonna be my answer. Oh, I took it. So he's, he's my favorite. <laughs> you have to marry BB-8. I relate to him too more than you know C three PO. But he's got I just, a great he's voice so actor. yeah he's so snarky. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. It is. It really is. That's why we are never going to have loving, caring relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Our love of snark. <laughs> Did you guys uh, have answers? <laughs> Who's your favorite droid? I said K2SO. Who? K2SO. Is oh, is that, that the one from Rogue One? Yeah. Okay. I think that's his question. Tawny knew something he didn't know. My favorite droid is HK-47. I knew it. Yeah, of course. Isn't that a gun? How did you answer HK-47? I thought that was what your favorite droid was. He's cool. He's amazing. Did you play both of the Knights of the Old Republic games? No. Oh, well, that's why. I know he's cool, though. Okay, well, he's cool, but he's hilarious, mainly. Uh, HK-47 is... That looks like a straight-up Doctor Who villain. Yeah. <laughs> Did you look at HK-47? <laughs> yeah, he could definitely fit he in He looks hunters. exactly like, well... He's like a bronze like Cyberman. Yeah. No, there's a... Beaten, the eaten. new um, Pacific Rim. One of the Jaegers looks Don't exactly like him. Don't bring up that movie on this podcast. I haven't seen it. I just saw it. It's okay to bring up that movie on this podcast. I have mixed feelings. I hate that movie. I did not see it. The first one or the new one? Don't. I don't waste your time. Listen. I'll go see it. I did not like it. When I first saw it, I was like... The first one or the second one? The first one. I love it. Listen. I'm not really crazy about mechs in general, so I feel like that kind of... Me either. So, but the first one, it was mostly the ending that I was like, well, this movie, forget it. Like, I just hated the ending so much. But what did happen in retrospect, the there were aspects of that movie I loved, like the side characters. So, yeah, I'm... Ugh. You know, I wouldn't have any appreciation left for that movie at all if it weren't for, like, Tumblr teens who brought out the good aspects of the side characters. I, and I was like, you're right. Just further funny. proof that you shouldn't watch that movie. You gotta go. If that's like, your reason for liking you gotta it, go it's Tumblr teens. into watching Pacific Rim expecting what you're gonna get. That's why I loved it. I knew it was going to be terrible. I mean, I didn't have I a lot of mech experience before that. Movie. To be fair, I I had different expectations when I saw it. I thought it was going to be, you know, reasonably decent acting, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I just I expected it, the it, special effects to be believable. They yeah, weren't. Yeah. Um, it was just really... <laughs> it was a movie that I would only watch again to watch in, like, a Mystery Science Theater 3000 sort of style, you know, where you're just sitting there making fun of it. I do like doing that. Uh, okay, so we covered that. We oh, have one more question. Or my favorite... You... Oh, my favorite droid. Sorry, I said it was HK-47, but I didn't say why. Uh, he is... He's from the games. Uh, he's from Knights of the Old Republic, which is set, like... 5,000 years before episode one or something crazy like that. And he's uh, an assassin. He's an assassin droid. It is very long. (laughs) It was a long, long, long time ago. What type of assassin? Uh, A droid assassin. Like? (laughs) The kind who really enjoys his job. Okay, cool. He hates humans and loves killing them. And he calls them meatbags. Wow. He refers to them as meatbags. He's like, shall we find a meatbag to kill to cheer ourselves up, Master? Like, he's asked your player, like, questions like that. And if you do, like, the evil choices in that game, and there are a lot of them, and they are ridiculously, hilariously evil, like, cartoon, mustache-twirlingly evil. Oh, melodramatic. I like that. Of just, like, murdering someone for literally no reason. They're like, please, I'm so poor and desperate. Can you just, the last my inheritance, I need you to help me collect it, and you can get it for them. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. And then you'd be like, actually, I'm going to keep this. And she's like, why? Why? My family's going to starve. And you're like, okay, I'll just kill you so you don't have to worry about that. And she's like, what? And then you just murder her. It's so ridiculously evil. You shouldn't know. You should have been choosing the good guy option. Oh, I always do every option. And I like reload and like do every option and like see which one I want to pick. I I always, my first inclination is to do the evil ones because it's hilarious. But then I actually feel like genuinely bad about it. And I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> I had to, like, I, reload. I did some voice acting a while back for this Fallout mod. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it was a little gasp from Brandon <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> I was playing this, um, like, character who had been enslaved and was trying to escape. And so she was asking the main character for help, you know. <laughs> and, like, I had to do all the different responses. I had to record lines for when the player wants to murder you. Yeah, like, some of the responses, I was like... I don't even know what his lines are, but what the heck, what dude? Does he say? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> what kind of person is playing this game? <laughs> Why is one of my responses no? Please, no, please, stop! Oh God, pain. Uh, similar, and also I got director's notes. Can you make this sound more desperate and afraid? <laughs> well, I sure. You're on the brink of death. <laughs> like, all right, fine. I'm gonna have to wait till no one's home so I can scream that loud. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, I think we are on to our last question. We are indeed. How the fast big one. This is our our last one from Aston, and he asks: Episode eight thoughts. Should they have kept the same director for all three? I feel like those are two really big questions. Commence rants. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say yes. They should have kept the same director. They should have kept JJ. I 100 percent agree. I don't he, really like the direction he was taking it, but at least it was gonna be one direction. He that's how I feel about Star Trek. <laughs> he had an idea and he had a plan, and Ryan Johnson just ruined it. I remember oh. after it was before Episode Eight was released. It was a it was an article about how when Daisy Ridley heard that J.J. Abrams was going to be doing uh, episode nine, she literally broke down in tears of joy that he was coming back to them. Mm-hmm. So if you enjoy having your current director directing you, you probably wouldn't exactly <laughs> have that reaction to it. There are tears from like PTSD of being directed by Ryan Johnson. Just like five minutes over. <laughs> so I think that yes, JJ should have taken care of episode 80 as well. Mainly for Daisy Ridley's sake. 
Yes. <laughs> I don't know Why how much he? of that has to do with plot points, yeah. though, and how much of it just has to do with that working relationship. Because having worked under many different directors, sometimes it has nothing to do with the story. It's like, this director is organized and easy to work with and knows exactly what he wants and is also kind about getting what he wants. This director is mean and disorganized, doesn't know what he wants, and is going to blame that on you. Like, so maybe Ryan Johnson's just a jerk. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I like maybe. to think. It does make it easier. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I think J.J. Abrams definitely should have directed all three. I don't really like the choice of J.J. Abrams directing all three. I mean, directing the movies in general, because I feel like he's kind of... His directing style, I feel like, is too in tune with what fans want. If that so makes any sense. Yeah, it's something with pandering. I, I just feel like episode seven had so many scenes where it was like, oh, yeah, so cool, awesome. And it was just kind of like, okay, but why did we really need that scene? It really had to be, though. For that one, I For felt... some stuff, it, yeah, it makes sense. For the first one, the first mm-hmm. movie coming back, you know, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that episode seven... While it could have been better, it was what it needed to be. I, okay, I'll say this: I liked the, the the like the specific scenes where they like really heavily hit nostalgia. I was okay with that. Like when Han walks into the Millennium Falcon and he's like, "Oh, Chewie, we're home!" Like I love that scene. I thought it was great. It was like super, you know, expected. Everyone and, like, in the theater cheered. Obvious, but it was still great. It still made me feel like amazing and just like so happy. Like just, that scene was so good. But like I feel like the plot of like Star Killer Base was just kind of like, okay, why are we doing Super Weapon again? Like you could have done so many different things. Like why is the only major threat that's interesting in Star Wars gigantic? Star destroying, <laughs> planet destroying, whatever. I know. Ugh. And I, I also really, really did not like how they just blew up the New Republic. <laughs> and you never get to see anything. Like, yeah, I was like, wait, that looks like a cool planet. <laughs> and all, yeah, they destroy like all of them at once. They destroy like six stars, like six systems. Like, okay. So for my entire life, every time I thought about that scene of Leia's planet, like getting blown up and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's reaction, it breaks my heart a little bit. And then in episode seven, they're just like, pew, pew, pew. I know, it's kind of like, there they all go. <laughs> There's one scene of somebody on the planet being like, uh-oh, and then it all yeah. going up. Like, oh, I'm on a balcony. What's that? That red light in the sky. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that, the main reason why I hated that was because the entire point of, like, 4, 5, and 6 is overthrowing the Empire and establishing a new, like, better government, basically. That's the main, you know, purpose of the characters, right? Like, it, it becomes about family, mainly, but, like... The underlying purpose of the rebellion is, you know, overthrow this evil dictatorship. And they succeed. They finally succeed. It's really hard. They finally do it. They, you know, against all the odds, whatever. And then they just kind of wipe the slate clean and reset everything. And they're like, the bad guys are in power again. And now it's the resistance instead of the rebellion, which is just, I don't know, whatever. You know, episode seven, I was too exhausted to be hypercritical. Because I had been standing in line for three hours (laughs) in my outfit specifically curated for this movie trying to cover my ears as the people coming out of the movie came out because they were all like had mischievous looks on their faces I was like going to leave my place at the front of the line to beat someone up if they tried to pull back (laughs) like at that point I was so tired (laughs) and I somehow managed to get a seat like right you know, that perfect seat, that sweet spot. Nice. In the middle. But it was so fun. It's so fun being in a crowd of people who are, like, all really into it and anticipating. Because, like, every little thing. When I first saw Force Awakens, (laughs) I enjoyed it 
immensely the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. And then I thought about it more and thought about it more, and I realized I didn't have any desire to see it a second time, and I still never have. <laughs> I think I've seen it, like, one Which I thought time. I kind of should. Uh, <laughs> Brandon saw it, like, I, 30 times. I... See, I loved it. The nostalgia in it was great. I recognize, again, I recognize all of its flaws. Mm-hmm. I saw it ten times in the theaters. <laughs> Dude, you know, I think when you've got, just like, so a much money, love. like, I can't... Justify uh, spending $140 to see Yeah, exactly. I love Star Wars. What can I say? Doctor Who is possibly, like, one of the most flawed... It's very easy to find the flaws, either with the effects... Always the effects. Especially with the effects. <laughs> but, but sometimes with the acting, sometimes with the plot. Like, in the last couple of seasons, there were a couple of plots that were just absolutely nonsensical. And I was like, what even was this episode? But that really just does not lower my love for the show mm-hmm. as a whole. And even I'll find something good about that episode because I've been waiting for this episode to come right. out, you know? And it it's not like I was not entertained. It's just that later on, upon reflection, I'm like... That didn't make sense. So I feel like in a lot of nerdy things, there's there's two mindsets. There's the one where I am in the moment enjoying it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one where I, like, I've decided to dedicate more of my thought processes <laughs> to thinking about this in retrospect and, and analyzing it and picking it apart. So it kind of depends on how much you just want to enjoy it and how much more enjoyment you get from like picking it apart if it ruins it for you to pick mm-hmm. it apart then maybe Try it's not, not your to. show i don't know <laughs> but i think that's probably a, a dilemma that a lot of people find themselves getting yeah into. i definitely have that problem mm-hmm. any any especially star wars because it's like so rooted in my childhood and like just emotionally like yeah awesome star wars lightsabers jedis whatever like that that feeling for me as a kid is, like, so deeply rooted, and I have so many years of history with Star Wars that, like, any Star Wars anything, I'm going to immediately love without really any you know, control over it. Um, and then, like, the adult side of my mind that I have now, <laughs> the almost adult side of my mind that I have now will come in afterwards and kind of, like, pick it apart, and I'm sort of like, uh... But, like, emotionally, I, emotionally, I loved Force Awakens. And emotionally, I liked <laughs> Last Jedi. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, back to the actual question that was asked, uh, I do think J.J. Abrams should have directed all three. He had very clear things that he was setting up. Um, Snoke was, he was building up Snoke to be like this huge major character. Because not just, I mean, in the scenes that he was actually in, but like Luke and Han, or uh, Luke and Leia both talk. Han and Leia, cheese. Both talk about Snoke like they knew him. Like they know him specifically. Like they're like, oh, Snoke did this, Snoke did that, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Like they had some kind of actual contact with him. Like he's this known person. Um, and I feel like that was all going to be explained in J.J. Abrams' version of the next couple movies. And then Ryan Johnson was like, I don't really like this Snoke character. I want Kylo Ren to be the main bad guy. So we're going to have this scene where he somehow cheeses out the most powerful Force user we've ever seen in anything ever. Like, Snoke is so ridiculously OP. In the one scene, like, in the two scenes that he gets to use his Force powers, he is beyond OP. Like, Rey and Kylo literally couldn't do anything to him. He, like, didn't even have to move. And he was, like, throwing them around the room like ragdolls. Yeah, I did. So that was probably where my ability to suspend disbelief got really challenged was in that scene. Because as much as I emotionally wanted Snoke to get owned in that scene, I, I was like, from everything you've shown me about him up to this point, and everything you've shown me about Kylo up to this point, there's no way... 
Kylo is so in control of his thoughts and emotions that he can no. trick Snoke no. like that. It's not gonna Especially happen. Especially since Snoke was like, <laughs> it, it, it's so funny because even within the movie, there's precedent for Snoke not being manipulated and not being tricked by anything because mm-hmm. he actually set up Kylo and Rey's like force connection or whatever. And, like, did that on purpose to mess with them mm-hmm. and to get Rey, like, in his custody. Like, he did that on purpose. Like, he knows Kylo so well and has such, like, deep control over him that he can, like, literally link him to another person across the galaxy. But he doesn't have a deep enough read on him to know that he's going to kill him. Like, is, I just... it, yeah. is it possible that he wanted to be killed? And he's yes. coming back. Powerful? I say yes. Now, I don't think this is the case because I don't think that they thought this deeply into it, and I don't think that they would be able to explain it well enough in episode 9 to make up for it. But, like, when you watch it, he's he's literally... In that scene, he literally says, I can see you turning your light, the lightsaber towards your true enemy. Yeah. <laughs> he literally says that. <laughs> and it's like, how do you not know that it's well, that, literally you? Yeah. So I'm like, I think he knew. I felt like they were dumbing I mean, it down I, a bit. I thought the same exact thing. When Snoke got stabbed by the lightsaber, I thought he was just gonna, like, be like, oh no, and then be like, ha ha ha, you really think that was gonna kill me, dude? Like, and he just, like, heals himself, like, some crazy force power, or, like, he just doesn't even need his internal organs, or some crazy <laughs> Even when he was, like, Ugh, and then fell in half, even then, I was still expecting him to, like, reattach himself. And, like, I was not Resurrect, sure. <laughs> like, some kind of, like, horrible force zombie and be like, dude, look at me. I have been killed, like, ten times. Do you see this face? This is not the face of a healthy, normal person. I'm already, like, a triple ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't understand. I have been, I am like un, un, undead, okay? One more isn't going to make a difference at this point. Yeah. But no, he just stayed dead. And then his tongue was like, like sticking out and like hitting the floor. And like Hux walks in and just sees his corpse and is just like, oh, I guess the god that was leading us, the literal like god being in the flesh that was like commanding our entire order. Just he's murdered. Dead. He's super dead. He's easily. Half. He's, I can't remember now. why wasn't J.J. Abrams directing. <sighs> I don't know. One? They just like to split it up between people. Because I remember being mad so, that he was going to direct Star Wars in the first place. Because so I was, was like, I. he was going to get... First of all, I didn't think I was going to like what he did with Star Wars. And second of all, I was I really liked what he was doing with Star Trek. And I didn't want him to get distracted <laughs> from Star Trek. <laughs> I know. I was mad that he didn't direct like the most recent Star Trek. Right? Did he they, not? No. What was the most recent one? Into Darkness. What's that one about? Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Well, yes, obviously. <laughs> no, there's another no, one. No, there no, is? There was another one. There was a new one, of. though, I thought. I can't remember the name of it. I literally it, can't remember I can't a remember single if I saw Beyond that or one. something. I, I, I think Beyond. it was Beyond. I think it's Star Trek Beyond. Who yeah. did that one? I don't know. Not J.J. Abrams. <laughs> I didn't care. Enough. What happens in that movie? I can't remember even a tiny bit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, like, I don't know. I think that... You, like, come out of the water at some point. I'm like, I remember that scene. <laughs> or is that from another one? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of... They blend together uh, in my yeah. mind. But I just remember seeing it in the theaters and being, like, very me. disappointed because just the whole vibe of it was different. And even the acting seemed worse or, like, <laughs> not as good. And the plot was just kind of like, meh. I just and feel like I don't know if that was all the director, but just maybe. I just don't it. understand not sticking to one thing. Like, if you have built up this whole thing and there's a bunch of fans, I know it's more complicated than that, but like, if you're trying to tell a story, 
than handing over the reins to somebody else who's going to change the story, or at least how it's delivered. I, I mean, I know I'm simplifying it. No, but... no, no. I think, I think you have a good point. I mean, if it was a spinoff movie, then sure, having different directors makes sense because they're different, completely different movies. But when you have a trilogy mm-hmm. that's supposed to all be interconnected, to be watched in order, I to know be watched in plan. one sitting <laughs> with all the same actors, the same characters, the same plot, the same ideas... Having com- different directors with completely different directing styles and, like, ideas of what they think is a good movie and, like, good emotional impacts and stuff, like, that just messes with things. While I agree with that, you also gotta realize that George Lucas directed Episode Four: A New Hope, and then uh, it was who Irvin Kirshner who directed Empire Strikes Back. Of course, Lucas was involved in it the whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if J.J. Abrams had been on set with Ryan Johnson, yeah, I think the, probably the movie might have been better. Yeah. Who, um... I forget who did Empire, uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Episode 5 was the best Star Wars movie, I think, overall. Everybody Speaking seems to about think that. that. That is popular. The Solo story was written by the Empire Strikes Back director. Really? When Disney, Disney, Disney wanted him... a little him, bit of hope, actually. Huh? It gives me a little bit of hope for... Exactly. Disney, they had him come back on, and he said, I will only come back on to help and consult if you make this movie. (laughs) See, I always really liked the very ending of episode three. Three? Or, I mean, six. 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 I sometimes forget to recall. More like the ghost. That's okay. They're the same thing. I just really like... Yeah, I just... Not that ending. Like, no. <laughs> the confrontation with, with the Emperor and Darth Vader and Luke. That oh. was always, like, my favorite part of the whole thing growing up. Was, it was a very good scene. Yeah. The throne room scene is amazing. And everyone was like, Return of the Jedi is the best one. I'm like, I can't even remember what happens because I'm, like, all about that throne room scene. And it's probably a similar reason that I liked the whole Obi-Wan versus Anakin thing. Just because I like anything that makes me remember it on an emotional level for a long time. Because it's kind of hard for yeah, me to get to that point. <laughs> and there's yeah. so much to think about in that scene, like the different motivations, like the little subtleties in just a hand movement or whatever on Darth Vader's part. Or yeah, it was a great, it was a great scene. Yeah. The the fight between Vader and Luke is actually a really good fight scene, like choreography wise. I mean, mm-hmm. like compared to the other fights in the movies, it's like really good. And the I think the emotional weight of the fight of the scene is is really what. What brings it all together? Because episode five, the fight between Luke and Vader, like, doesn't have that much emotional impact until the very end when, you know, Vader tells Luke, I'm your father. Mm-hmm. But episode six is like, Luke knows Vader's his father. He believes that there's still some good in Vader. Vader believes that there's no good left in him and he's beyond redemption. The Emperor thinks that Vader is, like, old and useless and that Luke has, like, a spark of, like, Vader in him that he can use and manipulate and turn Luke into his new apprentice who will be more powerful than Vader because he's not, like, a cyborg and he's younger and he <laughs> has all this, you know, time to grow and, like, become crazy strong. So the Emperor is trying to seduce him to the dark side. But he's also keeping Vader as a backup just in case Luke says no. And, like, just, there's so many different moti- yeah, like motivations, like cough, you said. Like, no, cough. Carlo Coffrey. <laughs> ah, I started to see similarities here. Wow. Oh, and you know, I think Ray found out who her parents were in episode mm-hmm. eight. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's it like was less the, dramatic, so, so but derivative. the mirror and the cave you have no parents. basically the same You're thing. nothing. You're nobody. So, okay. I, honestly, since they did that, now I'm hoping that that stays true. I'm hoping they don't be like, plot twist. Kylo was lying to manipulate you. <laughs> yeah. Your cousins. <laughs> oh, and they tell them after they kiss, I'm like, this is really like episode six. <laughs> wow. This incest is very consistent. I, I honestly thought they were cousins. Like, after I saw episode seven, like, I was like, 
definitely their cousins. Like, yeah. definitely she's Luke's daughter. Everybody thought that. But then I read more theories, and then I became very convinced that I she been was very, and I would have been that. very angry if he was Luke's daughter. I didn't Because really then that makes Luke him. a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. I was he was afraid. kind of a jerk anyway. Well, if they did that, they'd have to have given him some huge reason it of dumping him on that planet. I oh, can't, I can't Luke is hiding him. on this little planet by himself now. I cannot think of a single good enough reason for Luke to abandon his child on a desert planet to fend no. for herself. Yeah, I'm glad that's not There are so many different enough. things he could have done. Like, he could have just left her with, like, some family of people he was friends with from, like, the old days who, like, had some money and influence and, like, could take care of her instead of leaving her on a planet <laughs> by herself. At the age of, like, six. Mm-hmm. So there's a critique Ugh. of episode eight that I keep seeing pop up online that is driving me up the wall. Because of all the things to criticize, I think it's the stupidest thing. People keep saying the whole reason the movie sucks is because Luke was going to kill Kylo, and that's so out of character. And I'm like, is it, though? First of all, he thought about it for a sec, changed his mind, and... Luke, I, I always kind of believed the Emperor was a little bit right, that there was, like, a little inclination. Think of how late Luke was trained to use the Force mm-hmm. and everything. The fact that he didn't succumb to the dark side in the first place was, like, miraculous. Mm-hmm. And just... I know you want to say something so bad. No, go ahead. Just... I feel like if you had a vision like that in the first place... Mm-hmm. And you're thinking this is for the greater good for like one second and then change your mind like, oh, shoot, maybe realize I'm about to make this a self-fulfilling prophecy if I do this. But then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy anyway, because Kylo sees you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like anything to actually be saying, well, that's why this movie sucks, because Luke did something out of character. He didn't even do it. He just thought about it for a sec. Anyway, that's my rant. He did, he did more than just think about it, though. He actually went to Kylo's room and had the lightsaber in his hand. He didn't turn it off. But he had it in his hand, and Kylo wakes up and turns around and sees him with the lightsaber in his hand, and he's like, I'm about to get killed by my uncle. Mm -hmm. And he he whips out his lightsaber and goes to hit Luke, and then Luke turns on his and blocks it. Well, I agree. The consequences were about the same. Yeah, they remember it differently, though. That's interesting. Because remember, Kylo remembers it as Luke actually trying to kill him, Mm -hmm. and Kylo barely defending himself. Well, it seems like a lot of the people online think they're agreeing with Kylo's... I, th- I, I do kind of think it is a little out of character, though. And I'll say why. So um, does Mark Hamill. Huh? <laughs> so does Mark Hamill. Yeah. yeah, Mark Hamill disagrees with it big time. Mm, yeah. Which I think has, you know, some weight that the character, the actor actually plays the character, you know, how he feels about it. And I think Mark Hamill's a pretty smart guy. I think he generally understands the characters he plays pretty well. I like follow the, him like on his vo- Like, his voice of the Joker <laughs> is, like, amazing. And, like, he gets so into that role. Like, there's... He's a very good character actor, I think. Or, like, a good... Good at putting himself in the mindset. Anyway, um, Darth Vader was evil. He was, like, beyond evil. He had killed children. He had, like, ruined the galaxy. He had done horrible, horrible things. Kylo had done literally nothing up to this point, aside from be like, moody and maybe have some mood sw- <laughs> you know, like, some anger problems, mm-hmm. and, like, Luke had some scary visions, I guess. Luke believed there was good in Vader and risked his life multiple times, like, literally put his life in Vader's hands, believing that there was good in him. And was so adamant about it. And, like, even when he was being tortured, like, with the option of, like, killing Vader, who was probably fully evil anyway, um, to get out of that. Like, he still didn't do it because he believed there was just a shred of good in Vader. Mm -hmm. To me, that makes it really hard to imagine a a version of Luke where it's the complete opposite, where there's a shred of evil, potentially, and he's so scared of it that he considers killing a child. It would be more believable to me that, like, Luke starts treating Kylo differently and, like, kind of acts weird around him and, like, 
doesn't trust him, but, like, him actually going into Kylo's room and pulling out his lightsaber, like, that just, I don't know, that's, like, too far to me. Like, I don't think Luke would ever do that. Well, okay, counter-argument. Okay. Luke has never come across to me, well, first of all, just disregarding the decades that have passed, people change, but Luke has never come across to me as the most rational guy. Like, (laughs) he hated Darth Vader until he found out he was his dad. Then he was like, oh, there might be some good in him. But also, (laughs) I have always seen him as pretty emotionally reactive. Like, if he had a strong vision like that, and not only that, he's got, like, this past trauma that he's had decades to ruminate about. Like, right, because what if, what if Kylo Ren is the next Darth Vader? Yeah. What if what he if, does the exact same thing that Anakin did? And then it's his fault for not doing anything about it. But then, you know, he changes his mind, which all seems very Luke to me. And yeah, I'm not saying true. it's necessarily the perfect bit of writing for his character. I'm just saying it's not enough to ruin the movie for Yeah, me. no, I don't think so. I disagree yeah. with how people overvalue it. I think it's not... I don't think it ruins the movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's a little odd to me. But I'm going to add on to what you said, Asia. Um... Luke, while I don't think Luke ever technically should have done gone into Kylo's room the way he did, I don't think he ever would have done that. Mm-hmm. But if you think back to when he's fighting Vader in the throne room in um, Return of the Jedi, there is a point where Vader's talking and he's saying, if you're not going to turn, perhaps Leia will, basically. Mm-hmm. Luke goes, just lets loose at that. That's how he Screams, and he runs at him, and he's going, he's like, he's about to kill Vader. It was when he cut off Vader's hand, saw that, oh, he's a cyborg. He basically saw in himself, I'm basically the same as my father. That snapped him out of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's outside uh, his mindset to act irrationally. I think through, you know, his 30, 40 years of training as a Jedi... I don't think he would actually go into the room and do that the way he did, but I think he could have at least thought about it. He always seems like an unconventional Jedi to me, but you're right. He has had more training at that point. Yeah. You think he would have time to like become less emotionally reactive and be more Jedi-like mm-hmm. as the years went on? Also, uh, I was going to say, if, if they had done something like he bans Kylo from the Academy because Kylo is getting like too angry and too emotional and like too... Like, maybe they have a scene where, like, Kylo, like, seriously injures another student in, like, a duel because he gets, like, too amped up. Mm-hmm. And Luke's like, that's it. I'm not training you anymore. You're done. Like, get out of here. And, like, I'm banning you from the academy. And then Kylo kind of, like, freaks out and, like, just, like, decides to, like, destroy the academy. Like, that would have been a little bit more in line with Luke to me. Yeah, but kind of cliche. Like... And probably Luke would have seen that coming. Huh? <laughs> it would have been a little cliche. Like, I would think that Luke would see that becoming an issue, maybe. And uh, that would be why he'd be, like, wanting to just nip it in the bud. But maybe I'm just thinking of it from, like, a cold analytical. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I don't, disagree, <laughs> I don't disagree with the idea of, like, this dude is very, very likely going to kill a lot of people if I let him continue down this path. And right now, it seems that the only solution is to just kill him. I can understand that mentality. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Luke would understand that mentality. I don't think Luke is a very analytical person. Like you said, he's very emotional. And I think the bond of, like, this being my sister's son, like, I think that should have a little bit more weight. Of I don't like, know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't trust people at all. People do weird, random things. And as much as I love Luke Skywalker's character, I don't always agree with every decision he makes or his own. I've been looking back at some of, like, the older, like, the first movies that came out and, like, just looking at some of the scenes individually. Like, Luke is such a baby about something, like, emotional. Episode four, he's a huge baby. He's He's such a baby. He's a really character. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's any, like, 
hard set answer on this. I just yeah. feel like no, it's there, not there something that people because I've seen some people be like, for sure, Luke would never do this. Bad movie. Rewrite it. Non-canon. <laughs> like, I have a lot more problems with the movie beyond yeah. that. Yeah. That's a pretty minor thing to me. I'm sure we could talk for hours about it. But it did make me think about how we were talking earlier about maybe, like, briefly discussing MBTI a little bit. Oh, in yeah. Because... Like, like, the characters, what, like, roles they fit into. Or, like, yeah. what personality types they might is be. Is he rational? <laughs> uh, I do not think Luke No, no. He's an F. He's absolutely an F. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think him and Vader are both really strong Fs. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Cough. Um. All right. So, what do you think Luke is? Let's try and let's try and type him because I know I've seen things online, um, but they are all inconsistent. Uh, I would say he's either an ESFP or an ENFP. Hmm. That's my personal opinion. I would go with ENFP out of those two, anyway. Really? Yeah. I was gonna say I could. S- yeah. I think he's definitely extroverted because he's like very outgoing and like very willing to try new things and like all these mm. crazy experiences. He's definitely feeling. He's definitely perceiving because he is keeping his options open, like with Vader. <laughs> like if he was judging, he might have just been like, "You're evil. I'm gonna kill you now, Vader." But like he kept the option open of Vader being good, like till the very end. Yeah, and I was just talking about this last night with a couple of different people, including Donnie, about like the difference between perceiving as just not making any plans whatsoever and perceiving as keeping your options open. Kind of having like a a rudimentary plan for everything. Right. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Because I'm a perceiver. My dad's also a perceiver. So he was talking about some like upcoming events. And he was saying, you know, he was saying, well, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. And the person he's making plans with was saying, you're being so negative. And he was like, no, I'm just, I want to be ready for any possible outcome or things that could change. And I was like, right? People think perceivers don't plan at all. But I'm just becoming like emotionally and mentally ready for any outcome Mm -hmm. and keeping my options open in case something better comes up. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's basically it. I think sometimes in certain circumstances, it almost takes more planning just being flexible and willing to accept like different outcomes. Whereas the judging... I think they're excellent planners. They're great at, like, sticking to a schedule and probably get more things done more efficiently. It's just that sometimes that can translate into, I've made my decision, so I'm sticking with this decision. Even if maybe it's not, now that there's new information, that's still the best decision. Like I said yesterday, though, it really depends (laughs) on what that judging is going with. Because for me, I'm actually like that, where I'll look at all the different possibilities and be like, but it's more like, I'm doing that, but with a little extra step of, here's my decision of what I'll do in case that scenario happens. And then also because I, I'm not emotional about those possibilities or, or it's not as emotional about them, then it's like, it's handled very different versus like an idealist, like any well, ENFJ, you know, they, they like to plan things out and they, they can see those possibilities, but they're they're an idealist, and they have, like, this perfect image in their mind of how things are going to go, and if it doesn't, they're like, my life is over, versus me, I like to plan things out, but I also am very realistic and understand that almost nothing goes to plan, and so, like... I'm still doing that where I'm like, this could go wrong, this could go wrong, and this could go wrong. But All right. you say you take every time I talk about Jays as a personal attack. Well, I am talking about extreme. <laughs> I'm just trying to present the other side of things. I I understand. I'm just trying to I. You're trying to present the other side of things 
against me trying to present the other side of things because people already have this idea of judges and perceivers. So I'm speaking in extremes, of course, because you and I as individuals, we had very similar upbringings. Obviously, we're going to have gone towards each other a little bit in our behaviors. I'm more saying it because also, like, the reason I think that Luke is an ENFP is because I think he's an idealist. And I think that it can make a difference in, like, you can't judge someone's personality just on one letter one part of it you know and i think overall he's an idealist and he's just always disappointed that but things ENFJs are not going like to planned. fix people he could be an enfj so do enfps a little bit or they just have really high hopes in people's personalities right. they're like always want to find the good so that's a very luke thing we yeah. should talk about personality types that aren't in our direct family <laughs> we have too many feelings about them <laughs> um let's see what other character would be kind of interesting I think Vader is ENTJ, uh, ENFJ, as opposed to Luke being ENFP. That's my opinion. Because Vader made some very big decisions and stuck to them very strictly. <laughs> That's true. I agree with that one. He was like, I'm going to kill the Jedi. And then he killed them all, including the children. Yeah, that also know. broke my heart. See, it's very corny I... when Padme says, you broke my heart, Anakin. But at the time, when I saw the movie, I was like, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I do not think that Vader is an ENFJ. What do you think? Just, I don't know specifically. Obviously, if you look at the dumb charts online, a lot of people would say ENTJ or INTJ. Um, I don't think Vader is thinking at all. He's so, so emotionally reactive. Is he an E, though? Huh? Is he an extrovert? He could be an INFJ like Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> INFJ more so than ENFJ. Actually, I'm going to say INFJ. Tony. That's my, that's my I'm trying analysis. To think, I'm trying to think now, actually, like, because it's been a long time since I've watched the prequels, so he did kind of keep to himself. He didn't really like most other Jedi. Like, he liked Obi-Wan Kenobi and Padme, and, like, that was about it. Mm-hmm. He didn't really care to have, like, a, I don't know, he didn't have friends in the movies, really. INFJs um, typically have the intense emotional, like, internal emotional struggle. He seemed well. really insightful, like, as a child. Too mm-hmm. like insightful of other people's well, that's just feelings. The force, and, so. yeah. <laughs> well, we have to like balance out for the force, I guess. You're right. That was what Anakin was doing. He was a chosen one. Balance the force. So comes back full circle. So before we go, why don't you guys give me like one last plug for whatever projects you've got going on? How about you, Jordy? Anything going on you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm working on a podcast. A friend of mine, Stephen Howish, we're recording. It's called Game Sense, and we talk about game mechanics. And how they relate to board games and video games. So we'll pick a topic, like a certain specific game mechanic, and then we'll discuss how it affects board games, how it affects video games, how it can make a video game fun, and how it can make a video game bad, and then the same thing for board games, and like, he knows board games super well. He literally owns hundreds. Um, I know video games really well, and I've played a lot, so kind of like we have both areas of expertise. Um, we've only recorded one episode so far. Um, we're going to record another two, hopefully within the next couple days, and then we are going to upload them, and I think we're probably going to put them on SoundCloud. So Yeah, that's yeah. what we did at first, too. So yeah. I'll have a link to it in my bio on Instagram if anyone's interested. Yeah, send it to me. I'll put it up on the Patreon, so if okay. you guys want to see it, I won't make it. You don't have to pay. It'll just be there on the Patreon account. <laughs> <Thank> so, <you. laughs> 
So just check our... Well, then you don't have to... I won't charge you for my guest appearance <laughs> on the show. Then. Oh, thank <laughs> goodness. Phew. I'm broke. slash Mostly Rational. Go there if you guys want to see a link to that podcast. You want to plug anything one last time, Brandon? Sure. <laughs> um, on Instagram, Park Troop Wong, I do action figure photography. Mostly Star Wars. So I've had um, Oblivion, Comics and Coffee in, in downtown SAC feature my stuff over there. I'm a little slowed down, but I'm thinking I'm going to pick it up again this summer, so. I've seen it. It's, it's pretty fun. cool, guys. Yeah, it is. Thank you. You want to spell your username real quick? A-R-C-T-R-O-O-P-W-O-N-G. <laughs> All right. So, that just about wraps it up for us. So, thank you for potting with us, Brandon and Jordy. Thank you. So, you listeners, if you'd like your questions answered on an upcoming episode, please email us at mostlyrationalpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the Mostly Rational podcast, you can leave a review and rating on iTunes. That really helps us out, gets us out there a little more. If you'd like to support us and get some sweet perks, visit patreon.com slash mostlyrational and choose your favorite reward tier. You can follow us on Twitter at Mostly Rational and on Instagram at Mostly Rational Podcast. I know it's a little confusing. We've got so many different usernames, <laughs> but we just had to take what was available. <laughs> It's easiest on Twitter because it's just mostly rational. So either way, you'll get updates about when we upload new episodes, when they're coming out, when a new blooper episode goes up on the Patreon. So would recommend. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. May, May the, the fourth, fourth be with you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I almost thought to have all do that, but then...